Hey there, folks, and welcome to a special edition of the Hero Cast. I guess a Hardly Heroes edition. We, um, look, I know we, we go in chronological order, but when a movie comes out that is this big and this talked about, I think uh, it's about 86 weeks, not including the best of decade episodes that I would have to wait to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. So I cannot wait that long, so you will get my thoughts on it today. But not Caleb's, he's not here, but making his triumphant return to the podcast is John at Jorge Blanco. Of course, us at uh, EC underscore hero, EC hero cast on Instagram, myself at EC85. John, how are we doing on this uh, Spider-Man weekend, which by the way, we'll have spoilers, so there's your warning. I'm surprised to be here. I think you summoned a hero cast co-host and meant to get Caleb, but I just walked through the portal. So I'm a little surprised to be on the call, but I'm happy to be here. Well, that's, um, you know, it's good to be back and you'll be back uh, at, at some point when we do our year end movie awards. So, Oh, for sure. I've seen so many this year. Um, also, I just want to plug real quick. Um, I've been doing weekly power rankings that are basically just glorified recaps of both uh, AEW Rampage and NXT UK, which nobody watches but is the best show on TV for wrestling each week. So if anybody wants to read those, those are on reviewfix.com. All right. Well, I guess with that said, we can get into the movie. So um, this will not be a typical HeroCast episode. You have to wait the, uh, you know, 86, 88, whatever weeks to, to get to that but uh you know on the what was the episode i can't even remember it's uh on the last episode we recorded so on the episode push caleb and i predicted if it would break the end game opening box office record and uh i'm looking at uh the imdb and it very much broke it so uh, Endgame was... Did it, it broke Endgame? That's surprising, because considering all... Like, I know in New York, you got to be vaccinated to go to the theaters, and that was not the case, obviously, when Endgame happened. So, I'm a little surprised to see that it broke it. Well, I don't... I mean, the, the numbers aren't out all the way, and I know people are still seeing it today, Sunday, and they don't have those numbers yet, but... I mean, I don't... I don't really know who to believe. Uh, Endgame is showing the opening weekend $357 million. And let me pull back uh, IMDb. They were... uh, Yes, IMDb was showing opening weekend. um, Okay. Well, uh, international... So worldwide, 587.2 million. Um, I don't know if Endgame, if that number that I gave was the domestic number. I don't know. Either way, it's a hell of a lot of money. (laughs) Either way, it's by far the biggest movie since the pandemic. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, I know two people who, one of them had not gone to the theater since COVID because he was worried about COVID. Another one would only rent theaters to go to movies because he was worried with COVID. And both of them bought tickets. This This was the breaking point. This was the movie they said, I will risk it to go see it and uh i know one did i'm assuming the other one did he told me he would but 
I haven't talked to him since, but um, yeah, yeah, I went to I went to a ten ten a.m. showing yesterday morning, and it was packed. There was literally somebody right next to me, and I usually I've seen eighty five movies in theaters this year, and I usually like to try to get either like the first row where there's a little bar you can put your feet up, or like the back corner. Two days ahead of time, all those good seats were already sold out. So I ended up with like an aisle seat, but literally people all in the row directly in front of me behind the whole theater basically was packed for a 10, 10 a.m. showing on it. I mean, it was a Saturday, but still, it's, uh, you know, 10 in the morning showing for it to be packed like that. That said that this movie was going to be huge. Yeah, I, I had heard that tickets were going fast and this was two and a half weeks before the opening. Uh, and I, I know about my endgame tickets like two weeks before. And I didn't have trouble getting them, but I would have I'd have waited a couple days. This one, when I went to check tickets, the theater I normally go to was just either, the first two rows were available, and then just sporadic seats throughout. So I went to a different theater. They did have, because I went with some other people, they did have four seats in a row, pretty decent row, but the whole theater was sold out, first two rows even. Um, so I was lucky to, to get that. But yeah, it was pretty much everywhere. Um, in in Columbus was sold out. So like I said, one of my the people I knew, the coworker, he said he was going to like a suburb. Uh, I don't want to say a suburb of Columbus because it's like 30 minutes away from a suburb. So he had to go kind of out of town. It's kind of at it, like a 45 minute drive from me to get to the theater. So I mean, yeah, that's uh. That's the power of uh, Spider-Man, but uh, I guess we can start with just general thoughts and then get into, you know, the actual movie, I guess, a little bit, you know, the the, the big surprises and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, general thoughts. I thought this personally, and like I said in a Facebook group that we're both in, I don't know if it's because I just wasn't as invested when I watched Endgame and where now I've seen almost everything that they've put out since they started the Disney Plus sort of era of things. But I thought this was the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Definitely the best Marvel movie. One of the best movies, period. Um, I think the only superhero movie for me that even comes close is Dark Knight. I think Endgame would be up there for me if I had seen more of the Marvel movies preceding it, but I just didn't. So for me, I would say this was up there with Dark Knight. It made me cry like two or three separate times throughout the movie, which that's always my number one judge of like, is a movie good is will I quote it? And did it make me cry? And this had both of those. And I just loved it. Start to finish. Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to, uh, I'll give the official ranking when we eventually get to this movie in the hero cast, but it's going to be real high. It's going to be real high. I, I mean, it's definitely my favorite Marvel movie, and one of the thoughts I had sitting there watching it was, like, I'm just like, God, 19 years ago, when I'm in high school, watching, you know, Tobey Maguire uh, battle, you know, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, I just, in a million years, would have never thought, 19 years later, we would be getting this. Like, it was just... You know, kind of blew my mind. And the thing, like, uh, Endgame, actually, even even the first Avengers was really impressive because it's like they had, you know, they took two, the Iron Man movie, the Hulk movie, you know, Captain America. They built all that up to Avengers, which was impressive to do. But this, 
this took two other franchises, the Tobey Maguire and then the Andrew Garfield one, that had, at the time when they made those, the people that made those did not anticipate, like, oh, in, you know, ten years or whatever, your property will be absorbed by Disney and used into a movie. And that's, the fact that they did it so seamlessly, it's like, it's like they almost planned it. It's just... Like, yeah, that's, that's what I think was really impressive, because, like... I think you could say the Avengers was more ambitious, and Endgame especially, was more ambitious because of how many films it incorporated. But at least with that, they knew going in that there was going to be a big culminating event where all of these movies were going to cross paths. Like, cross paths. Where with this, like you said, the Garfield Spider-Mans and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans were made independent of each other and independent of the Tom Holland uh, Spider-Mans. So to be able to incorporate them all together and have some sort of cohesive story was just really something special. Yeah, and I'll give an example. So, in I, I was I've been watching a lot of like YouTube videos helping explain things, and one of the things that I when I left the theater, I was thinking like, well, like why did the only there's only one minor plot hole, which I'll get to, but the one thing was like why I did one that I'm thinking of, but it might be, but it. One of the ones that stood out as I was watching it was why did Venom, uh, why um, did why did Venom come credit. back at the end credits, and in the movie okay, Venom, that wasn't mine. Yeah. okay, well that was that was there's there's two but the, this one gets explained. Yeah. It's in end era and I have to believe that they threw this line in intentionally. At the end credits of uh, Let There Be Carnage, Venom the suit tells um, Tom Hardy that we share a hive mind. And so one well, one Venom suit knows, all of us know. And you go back to the third Spider-Man with Topher Grace's Venom. He knew who Peter Parker was. And it's like, boom, it tied that in. So they <laughs> added that line to make that make sense. And it's like, God, that's that's borderline brilliant writing. Like, yeah, it really is. I definitely wouldn't have picked up on that. But I, I had that same question, though. But, um, no, mine was going to be just jumping back and forth in the movie a little bit. Um, at one point, Electro says something like, oh, I just figured you'd be a black kid. And it was like, wasn't the whole concept that all of these villains knew who Spider-Man was and knew Spider-Man's real identity? So that was the only line that kind of threw me off there. Yeah, that, I think people have, and this might be the only kind of plot hole, I think people are just explaining that as, well, he was, um, a variant because they make a point of saying, you know, you, you had a comb over and now he looks yeah. more like, um, Jamie Foxx Fox and everything else. So it's like this, this maybe wasn't, um, the Electra. the Electra that we saw in the movie, but like a parallel dimension to the Andrew Garfield universe where everything is the same, except Electro knows he's, uh, Peter Parker and his hair's better. So yeah. I'll accept that. I mean, you, you know, you can't bat a thousand it, on something like this. So Yeah, in a movie that was this sort of big, that was, and it was just kind of a throwaway line for a laugh. But although I was hoping that even if it was just as an end credit scene, that we would have seen Miles Morales in this, because I think Spider-Verse is the best standalone Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So, it, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get him in some capacity. I knew we weren't going to get him in like the big action scenes, but I thought maybe it'd be like a fun post-credit scene or something. Yeah, and the only other thing I would add with this is, I mean, they needed the extra villain for Jamie Foxx, and 
you know, you look back at the other ones, you couldn't do Topher Grace's Venom because you're building that up, so you can't do Venom. So they, you, that would be the only other uh, Tobey Maguire villain. Um, can't do James Franco because you got Me too and everything. And plus, you can't have two Green Goblins, so that also eliminates the other Green Goblin from Amazing Spider-Man. So there was it was either Electro or Rhino, and Rhino was just a big goof in a suit. So, like, uh, neither of them knew who he was, so they needed one. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal, but yeah. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, not gonna go you know plot by plot, but uh, I guess uh, start with I guess the the surprises. So the first thing we meet in the MCU officially. Uh, the MCU movies officially is Matt Murdock, Daredevil from the Netflix show. This that got one, a big pop in the theater. Same, and I I knew he was going to be in it. Uh, it was actually reported by like legitimate things. It wasn't like a leak, which. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, this was and pretty I've cool. Seen, I've never seen an episode of the Daredevil series, but I just knew from the glasses and him having the cane. I was like, oh, that's Daredevil clearly. So I didn't even have to see it to know who that was going to be. Well, it's funny because I checked Netflix uh, last night and Daredevil was the top trending show on Netflix. So, and it's, it's good. I mean, season two is just, eh, but season one and season three is really good. And it's, I don't even know if this is an accident or just great timing, probably great timing by them, but Kingpin debuts in Hawkeye the same week that, uh, Daredevil's in a Marvel movie, and Kingpin's the villain in the Daredevil show. So, I believe that was probably done by uh, not by accident, but again, yeah, I still I still got to catch up on Hawkeye. I haven't watched any episodes, not because I don't like it, just because finding time has been hard. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Kingpin got uh, debuted in that sort of, uh, at least his photo did, but. Um, but yeah, that was a good uh, reaction. He wasn't in the movie long, but it's like, now he's there, so, you know. Yeah, I was a little surprised there was no other scenes with him. It was literally just that one. But it was a fun, like, cameo. Yeah. And then um, we'll get to the villains, but the biggest pop, and I th- I think it's because they did this like how AEW did CM Punk. Like, it was the most, it was the worst kept secret. Hey. Where, you know, Andrew Garfield's like, oh, I'm not in it, I swear, guys, but it sure would be cool to do a movie like that one day. And it's like, okay, sure. And mm-hmm. when it was official and Andrew Garfield walks through the portal, takes his mask off, that got the biggest pop. And I think it's because people were like, there's that 1% where they're like, oh, man, what if they're not? They, You know, what if Andrew Garfield was right? What if he's really not in the movie? And yeah, the like scream from the crowd was the loudest cheer I've heard since that whole like on your left scene in Endgame, like by far. Yeah, that was a uh, that was the biggest reaction. Uh, Tobey Maguire got a good reaction, but I think people once knew Garfield. he would be in it once they saw Andrew Garfield was in it. But, uh, but just in a suit, he wasn't in, like he wasn't in the Spider-Man suit. He was just like in a shirt and tie. Yeah, he was the cool youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my, that was uh, my favorite thing on Twitter is like the Spider-Man spoilers without context. And just like the the memes of like people getting their backs cracked and stuff. Oh yeah, that's good. Well, that was uh, I guess that uh, that really happened. Like, um, I think Topher or uh, Tobey Maguire was like even debating if he could do Spider-Man three because of the yeah. back problems. But 
but yeah, it was good to see them again. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see them again in Spider-Man, but it was it was nice to see them. And then um, I guess the the villains themselves. So we first were introduced with uh, Doctor Octopus, and I love that it just like he he just started up right where he left off, like talking about the machine and the power of the sun in his hand, and he's just like you know kind of confused as to where he is at the same time, and like that was uh, really well done. Um, and then I liked the uh, the face turn that he had because. In the end, Dr. Octopus um, really wasn't such a bad guy. I mean, he was just a victim of circumstance, as really all these villains were, I guess. Yeah, I say, well, Sa- Sandman being the most notable with that, with the whole, like, surgery for his daughter or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing, too, I just want to point out to people. It should go without saying, but, like, if you're not familiar with the other Spider-Mans, you can just go on YouTube. There's, like, I watched a 15-minute primer, basically. That was like, hey, here's all the other Spider-Man movies in a nutshell in 15 minutes. And it helped a lot because there was like one really emotional scene that we'll talk about in a little bit that had I not watched, I would have totally forgot about the moment that caused it. Yeah, I think I know which one. But uh, but yeah, we'd uh, I mean, we'd already reviewed the first three Spider-Men. So I have the amazing Spider-Man. It's been a while since I've seen. So I I knew who I mean, I knew Electro and Lizard were in it, but. Uh, don't have too much memory from those, but uh, but yeah, I did like. Um, I mean, I liked Electro. I liked his bonding moment with Sandman, where they both fell into something to get their their superpowers. <laughs> and I mean, other than I would say, like I said, you can't you you know, other than Topher Grace, uh, the Venom, who yeah. Spider Man freed him from the Venom suit and was about to blow up the Venom suit, and then he. That was essentially his second chance, and then he jumps back into the suit as the suit blows up, killing him. But, I mean, every villain, I guess James Franco, but uh, other than them, every villain kind of um, didn't, I don't want to say deserve what they got, but, um, I mean, none of them were, like, evil. It's like something happened that caused them to be this way, and then they got their second chance, and now... They all got a bit of a redemption story, so it was nice. Yeah, I mean, outside of William Defoe, but yeah, well, I mean, even I mean, he got cured, I well, suppose. Still... So, but even then, I mean, I liked. Uh, I mean, he was the main villain in this. I, I guess it's fair to say, and I liked when he came through initially. He was just this confused guy, like, oh, someone's living in my house, and my company doesn't even exist, and he almost felt sorry for him. And, yeah, he was in the kitchen with Aunt May. Yeah. At, like, at the soup kitchen. Yeah, and I liked the kind of... scene where he flipped and the spider sense was going off, and he just realized that it was, you know, um, uh, Green Goblin had basically turned evil and was about to rally these people to, um, like, hey, don't let this guy cure you. You're this way for a reason, type yeah. of thing. I like that a lot. And then, uh, God, gone this whole way and haven't even talked about Doctor Strange yet, but I, I loved, and this goes with the Doctor Strange character, if you've seen the other movies, where, like, he's just, like, very much by the book, where he's like, no, we have to do it this way, we have to send these villains back, they'll die, it's their fate, whatever. Well, even Wong being the head wizard now, it's, like, just on a technicality, because he worked for five years. Which is hilarious. 
but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I liked the battle in the uh, the mirror realm. I thought that was pretty cool. And, yeah. That was- and uh, I enjoyed. Let's see what else. God, there's there's so much. Um, but yeah, I liked the. Um, like I said, but like, yeah, the whole the whole idea of Peter Parker and Doctor Strange just kind of going at it for like a little while was a fun idea too. Yeah, and I liked that. I mean, because Doctor Strange is the only one left. I mean, you know, Tony Stark's dead. Uh, Captain America's dead. Peter. I mean, Nick Fury's in space. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy are all in space. Thor's in space. So the only friend that Peter has left is Doctor Strange. Yeah. So you know it makes sense. Well, I mean, Hawkeye's know, like. I said we know Bruce Banner is somewhere, but we don't even know exactly where. Yeah, and Hawkeye's off doing his show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like this was really his only friend, and I liked the concept that he had to erase everybody's memory about him. You know, because of what Mysterio did. So. Yeah, it was a, it was a great concept uh, for the movie, and then it ends with uh, it kind of ends because I know I, I now know why they keep saying like, well, this is the end of this Spider-Man because they kept saying like, oh, is this Tom Holland's last Spider-Man movie? And I'm the whole time I'm like, no chance, like this is gonna be a billion dollar movie. They're not gonna end it, but it is like the last of this version. So well, like, it's gonna, I think it's gonna be the last of the home movie. Like the next one yeah. probably won't have title because you went from what homecoming to far from home to no way home the next one i'd imagine will just be spider-man with a different title yeah unless i mean mean, you still have some home words you could do you could do spider-man homework spider-man home uh home front home depot (laughs) there you go spider-man home depot that's the most exciting that's gonna be the disney plus exclusive series yeah but it's it's it'll be interesting because now he's alone i mean aunt may's dead which we'll get into in a second but uh, you know, uh, Ned and uh, Mary Jane—they don't know who Peter is anymore. So, you know, that's that's something interesting. I think he'll still try to pursue Mary Jane, but they could have—they could write her off going to college yeah, that's, for a bit. Like, it's—it's. It's, I understood that they weren't going to know that he was Spider-Man anymore, but I don't think it really clicked that like they're not going to know him. Period anymore. Where it was like they didn't even know Peter Parker, the kid that they like have class with. It was just another guy. Like, yeah, and I, 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 I kind of like that. Where it's like, you, you kind of someone explained it. Where it's like, um, you know, if you looked in a yearbook, you might look at a guy and be like, oh yeah, I did go to school with him, but I don't remember anything about him. Like that, it might be kind of like that. <laughs> so, because people were bringing up like, oh, what about photos on Facebook or whatever. Uh, you know, people will be able to remember reviews that way. That's a plot hole. And it's like, not necessarily. I've taken photos of people that I'm like, I don't even remember that person. So I could see yeah, that. They haven't addressed it, but maybe those photos get erased too in the process. Who knows? Yeah, that could be as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. And then, you know, Aunt May dying. I, that was where I, I teared up, especially when uh, she that... dropped the, the line about, great power and great responsibility yeah, and that was one the way the way that they did that and brought that back around i thought was really fun and interesting because like obviously we're used to the line being tied to uncle ben yeah uh, without his rice but <laughs> tied to uncle ben so to see aunt may now flip the line and especially with her being it almost made more sense even coming from her because of her doing the charity work and pushing him to try to save the villains and this and that like 
it almost made the most sense as opposed to just her being a nice old man who thinks the best in people. Like, yeah, she was the, the moral compass. Like, you, you're right for doing this. Don't let anyone deter you. And then it was a great bonding moment between, you know, uh, you know Tom Holland and then the other two Spider-Man where he's like, oh you know, you guys don't know what I'm going through. And they're like, actually, we do because... I think it was the Tobey Maguire um, line. I forget exactly how he phrased it. But when he basically talked about, like, you and then when you get it, it doesn't make it any better. That like brought the tears out of me so hard. Yeah, I feel like that's just that I feel like I'm a very vengeful person in real life. I'm very like bitter. I hold grudges very easily. So like, just to think about that whole idea of like, yeah, but even when you get your revenge, does it actually? It doesn't change what happened. So yeah, really, should you just let it go? Like that was. I feel like that was a really powerful line. It was a good line, but I couldn't remember what it was in reference to because I was thinking of the first movie when the guy robs the wrestling match, but it was actually it was in Spider-Man Three. Well, he didn't. He the guy fell like he, he approached him and he tripped and fell out of a building. But what it was, at least based on a YouTube video, was it was when he when Spider-Man had the Venom suit and he thought he killed Sandman. He put Sam in the sewer and the water rushed, uh, you know, he wasted away in the water, flowed through a pipe or whatever. And, you know, Spider-Man is just like, you know, good riddance. And it's like, that wouldn't be something you would normally say. Yeah. But that was him thinking he, I mean, at that moment he thought he killed someone who killed uncle Ben. So he's like, I got my revenge. So that I think was the moment where he told, you know, Tom Holland, like, Hey, it doesn't help. Even though turns out the guy didn't die, but I thought he did, so it counts. So I thought Tom Holland's acting was just great too. Not that he's not just a good actor in general, but I feel like the way he showed that sort of like rage in him after May died, and like how the whole kind of character flipped to this very like dark and like just I don't know, just like brutal Spider-Man almost. Even though he didn't do anything specifically, but I feel like just his facial reaction and the way he carried himself. He just felt more like, okay, Spider-Man, like, Spider-Man is Spider-Man now. Like, he's a man. He's an adult. He's been through some stuff. Like, you could have said that after Endgame, but I feel like this felt somehow even more impactful because it was like, this wasn't some superhero dying or some cocky moment. Like, this was his aunt who raised him. And, like, just that anger on his face, I feel like, really translated. Yeah, no, he was he was very good. I mean, everyone was good. And then I loved when he, at the end, when he's talking about how he wants to kill you know, Green Goblin, and Norman's just like, you know, good. Like, that's what I wanted. And it's almost similar to, you know, we just watched Dark Knight for the podcast. It's similar to Joker in that he just wanted Batman to kill him to break his rule. And Green Goblin was similar in that way, where he's just like, just all he wants is to just ruin this kid, and even if it kills him, fine. Was it for that, or was it because, because to me, the Green Goblin character almost, like, always comes across as somebody who's like, borderline schizophrenic where it's like it's or like if somebody has an addiction and like like i i have people who are close to me who've been addicts or whatever and one person overdosed and i never really had the conversation with them but when you hear addicts talk there's always that whole thing of like you'd almost rather be gone than be alive and dealing with it and to some degree it felt like that with green goblin where it's like i just don't want to be in the pain of like being tortured by my own mind anymore so just end me and put it out, like, yeah, shut up, basically. Yeah, Green Goblin's sort of, like, he he pretends to do what's the best interest for Norman, 
Yeah. But, I mean, he'll do things that are very nefarious. But he is similar to, to Joker, except he's got better <laughs> technology and money. But he, he is similar in that, you know, he's definitely... He just wants to wreck havoc. Like, he, his really only goal is to make sure Norman succeeds, even if it means killing people, even if it means... Like, oh, your son's weak, he's in the way, get rid of him, or anything like that. I mean, there's been a lot of different Goblin, um, you know, um, storylines. But as far as the movies go, he he's always doing what's best for Norman, even if it's, you know, killing others or killing Spider-Man. And um, But as far as the line about him wanting to kill Green Goblin, I think that was the character just saying, you know good, I've uh, I pretty much ruined this person. Even if I die, um, I still win type of thing. I get that. Um, one thing we didn't talk about so far is the choreography in this and how wrestling-based it was, which was awesome to see, too. Well, you mean in the... Uh, just in, the, the... In, in the fighting in general, but especially the fighting in the office building, where there was a powerbomb through the floor... I did, a, I did catch that. <laughs> there was a toss-up spinebuster that also went through the floor. Um, I'm pretty sure during the Defoe fight on the Statue of Liberty, there was a Canadian destroyer. There was, there was a lot of good pro-wrestling-inspired uh, fight sequences in this. I did catch the powerbomb. That is true. I remember that. Um, what was? Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention um, – with Electro is they made him look so much better than just the translucent blue guy, which uh, I thought looked super goofy. And yeah, the Dr. Manhattan version. Yeah, he looks way better like this. And um, Sandman, I still wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy about him in um, Spider-Man Three. Mostly the scene when he turns into this giant sand monster at the end. It looked very goofy. This one, I mean, he, he kind of does it. You know what bothered once, me more than that? But it's, not it wasn't, like that. I would say it wasn't the CGI that bothered me with him. It was the uh, his terrible dyed hair at the end when he turns <laughs> back into his human form. It looked it was awful. it was like shoe polished black. It looked horrible. I do it, remember like, that. Big pet peeves in movies this year. I'm sure we'll talk about it during our like end of movie awards, our end of year movie awards, but. I've been despising when movies do pictures in the movies that are just like CGI or Photoshop together versions of two people. It always looks bad. It, it's it's awful, and movies should just stop doing it. Either take the picture of the actual people together and then colorize it or whatever you want to do to it, but don't try to awkwardly put two people into a picture frame. And it, to a degree, it felt like that's what they did with Sandman and his stupid black hair. I mean, they didn't... <laughs> I don't think it was CGI. I think it was just bad hand dye. But it looked awful. Like, I like that with Tobey Maguire, they were like, uh, listen, we know in theory he's getting lifted from this universe, but he is an older guy now. So we're going to leave it be Tobey Maguire in his 40s or however old he is. Like, they didn't try to make Tobey Maguire look like a kid and be a kid again. But with Sandman, they tried to make it like that exact Sandman, and I feel like it kind of just looked bad. Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, the anti-aging of Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina I thought was pretty good. Uh, yeah. They look, you know, they look pretty good as far as... Uh, oh, they didn't really have to do a whole lot. Molina, you could see they did a little bit more work on. But... Yeah. Because um, they always look creepy even when he was younger, so it's not really that big of a stretch of healing. 
Yeah, the other thing with Sandman, I I did see some people saying that like, you know, well, why did he want to why did he join with the villains when he did like the face turn? I didn't have a problem with that and the reason is because he was fine with Doctor Strange pressing the button just send him back. He did not care if cuz he know, well, he doesn't know he lives, but we know he lives, but he yeah. assumes he's going to live. But um he knows that Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus die. He does not care. He just wants to get back to his daughter. So he's, his goal, I didn't view it as he was trying to team up with them to, uh, you know, kill, uh, or to save the villains. He was just wanting to, like, get the box and push the button just to go back. Like, he didn't, he wasn't worried about, you know, saving them. So I was, I was fine with that. I didn't think that was a valid criticism, personally. But, um... And then I think that's just about everything. I think, yeah, the other emotional scene that I started talking about earlier where I said had I not watched the primer, I wouldn't have gotten it, was um, when Andrew Garfield saves MJ. Oh, yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I had totally forgot about what Stacy died. Just yeah. the web being too long or whatever. So yeah, that... when, when he caught uh, MJ, that kind of got me a little bit too. That was great redemption for his for his character, and it's like I'm glad he got to do this. I mean, Tobey Maguire, you know, he was in the one Spider-Man that was bad, and he had to be emo and dance. So that sucked, but you know, a lot of people like people liked the the first Spider-Man. People really loved the Spider-Man too, but I think Andrew Garfield kind of gets brushed over because he's just you know the middleman. And, you know, I, his his were just okay, so... Well, I like the first one, at least. I think it was the only one I've seen from him, but... Yeah, I think his problem was more of the villain choice, but they, yeah. they worked out here. I mean, we didn't get a ton of Lizard, but uh, Electro was so much better in this than he was in the uh, the movie that he was in. And um, But, yeah, then we get... Uh, we got our end credits. Well, we got our mid credit scene where uh, we mentioned Venom and why he was there. But a piece of the Venom suit gets stuck behind. So we'll see where that goes. And then we get basically a trailer at the end for Doctor Strange, which... Uh, yeah, it was like a full... It felt like it was like a full length, like two minute. Like, we're not even going to pretend to allude to anything. This is just the multiverse trailer. Yeah, which uh, our Twitter account posted it got leaked and we posted it when it only had like 80 youtube watches so i'm not saying we had breaking news but it I mean, basically was so you can credit us for that it was uh, recorded off a screen in china so there you go <laughs> it, also, it also calls back to the uh to the ending of wandavision which speaking of which absolutely blew my mind this week when somebody said wandavision started this year oh yeah <laughs> my head nearly exploded because i was like there's no possible way. That had to be, like, fall of 2020. And somebody was like, no, it's January. Uh, so I, I looked it up, and it was like, sure, shit, it was January. I couldn't believe that WandaVision was this year. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a weird year. It's, it's very cool. weird. But it was cool that that called back to the kind of end of WandaVision, where you hear her hearing the voices and stuff. Yeah, and then, I mean, not a lot to disseminate from the trailer, except Wanda's in it, so... That's good, and yeah, and she's the, a, it looks like she's gonna play a big role in it too. It didn't look like she's just gonna have some little bit part. Yeah, and it seems like what if is canon possibly? 
I still have to catch up on What If. I wanted to watch the show, and then, like I said, that first... I feel like Disney Plus's big problem is they start so many of these series with just boring first episodes, and then I find it hard to get into second and third and fourth. And, like, I feel like What If was just another one, where I was like, the first one was like, oh, it's a girl Captain America, but who cares? Like, I don't know. I mean, you're not wrong. I... WandaVision and Hawkeye are kind of the exception. WandaVision, that first episode, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I want to see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier, What If was like that. Uh, I will say this. The the episode of What If that this looks like it pulls from is the Doctor Strange episode, which if you're only going to watch one episode of it, that should be the one. And it is objectively a great episode. Uh you know, only a half hour, but it seems like that's the character that's going to be in the movie. So even that show, which we all thought was just going to be just, you know, something fun, fantasy booking, but maybe not. It seems well, like... Uh, as I, say, I was getting, like, borderline heel vibes from Wanda in the trailer, too, where it's like, not to say that it's going to be Civil War, but it feels Civil War-ish, where it's like, I can see that it's Scarlet Witch against Doctor Strange to an extent, it looks like. And I think that's kind of fitting of, like, in WandaVision, she did skirt the lines of being a heel up until the big Agatha thing at the end. Well, this was the uh, the evil Doctor Strange. So when they cut and they say, you know, the, your biggest... Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. ...whatever is you, and then he appears in all black, that, yeah. that appears to be the evil Doctor Strange in the... Um, so I wonder if we're getting an evil Wanda then, too, or if that's just Wanda potentially playing both sides or just helping the regular Doctor. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That, I mean, there's like not a lot to be able to gauge from that. Uh, like I said, the only thing would be they, they did have the evil Doctor Strange in What If, and it's a really, really good episode. Maybe the best single Disney Plus Marvel show episode of all the shows, I would say. Uh, really tragic and but also really good. Um, but it makes me wonder if that is going to be what the evil Doctor Strange is. The other thing is small Easter egg that uh, I I noticed but wanted to confirm, and my con- confirmation was correct. Uh, I think in the at the end when Doctor Strange is trying to close the portal, he's like, "Oh, they're all coming through." There was one figure walking through. It was he was all black. You couldn't see, but he looked like a guy carrying a spear. I saw a still photo of it, and the the general consensus seems to be that it it could be Craven. So there's a possible hint at a, a future a future villain because as I look here, it's not a secret that so uh, very familiar with comic books, but. Who is Craven as far as the character? So he is, he's never been one of my favorites, but people seem to really love him. But he's never appeared on screen, so we'll see. But he's uh, basically like a, a hunter. Uh, he's got super senses to be able to hunt things. And, you know, he in the comics he's killed Spider-Man before, so... Um, he can like track like, Oh, he's his web and he can smell his web and see where he's been. That type of thing. He's never been one of my favorites, but people really like him. So I'm open to seeing how he is, but an interesting concept. Cause that's the thing. I feel like the only problem with Marvel and Thanos kind of filled that role for a while, but I feel like Marvel's been lacking on like 
on the villain side overall. Like Marvel doesn't really have their Joker. Like Thanos kind of became that, but outside of Thanos, I feel like there's no real like this is our big heel. Like there are some some good ones. Like every I feel like a lot of people like Killmonger and stuff like that. But I feel like nobody's ever had that Joker like appeal where it's like oh no they're a real threat. Like, yeah, possible. And then uh, who knows when he'll appear next? But uh. Kang the Conqueror, who was at the end of Loki, okay. but uh, we'll see. I mean, he just one episode and he got killed, but well, there's apparently a million of them. So <laughs> you'd imagine the uh, the end of Loki is going to play directly into the Doctor Strange thing. That's what like threw me off a little bit with this movie too. I was a little surprised that this movie didn't open up the multiverse more than I thought it was going to. Like, like yeah, I, I did too. He kept, teasing, but... he kept teasing it, so then for it to kind of at least seem like it closed at the end. I was a little bit like, all right, this is a little bit of a strange, like I didn't expect that sort of neat conclusion to it where it's like, we're led, we're led to believe that the portals are all just closed. And I don't know if the big reveal is going to be that actually some of them weren't or whatever, but yeah, I mean, the word on the street is, you know, multiverse of madness, Dr. Strange two is going to be, you know, huge as far as, uh, maybe even bringing in or introducing the X-Men. So, that That's could be something be, big. Be exciting, yeah. Yeah. The other thing, um, probably the last point is, um, so the next movie coming out is Morbius. I think that's January. But it seems so weird. It's it feels so. It's like isn't Blade Marvel too technically? Yeah, Blade is Marvel, so, and uh, like, Blade is on his way. Morbius feels very Blade adjacent. Like, yeah. I, I mean. This is one of his villains. He's also a Spider-Man villain, but okay. So my theory, and you know, this is uh, look, uh, Vulture's in the Morbius trailer, so this is not a spoiler. But um, and it seemed like they were trying to build the Sinister Six, and in previous Spider-Man movies, there's references to Scorpion. The dude, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's in uh, Better Call Saul. He had the Scorpion neck tattoo pretty obvious he'll be scorpion so i'm thinking if you're building the sinister six you've got morbius getting a movie um i assume in the movie he'll figure out a way to team up with vulture who apparently exists in this universe you've got uh, scorpion who's coming Um, morbius right who is michael keaton yeah yeah vulture okay he's been vulture in something else hasn't he or no yeah um homecoming Oh, okay, because yeah, I didn't see Homecoming, so that's why I, just, I, I forgot. Yeah, he was he was good in that. Oh wait, uh, no, I did see. No wait, I'm trying to figure out. That's no, the I, first you know, Tom Holland movie. Yeah, I say the names all get me thrown off. I didn't see Homecoming. I did see Far Far From Home. I saw that one where they're with uh, Mysterio. Okay, yeah, Homecoming. I would I would definitely recommend as well. Um, but anyway, you're looking for the Sinister Six. Here's my pick for them. You got Morbius, Vulture, Scorpion, Craven coming through the portal. You got the Venom suit left behind. My theory is Venom will take over Flash Thompson, who he has taken over before, who uh, you know had the the book and everything. Uh, Flash's book was hilarious though. Yeah. He was trying to sell that he's his best friend. Uh, by the way, and I heard a good theory about that. It's like, wouldn't Flash Thompson just read his book and know who Spider-Man is? And yeah. someone was like, well, you probably remember writing, like, short stories in elementary school, right? And it's like, yeah. It's like, but you don't remember the details. Like, yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. 
So they could treat it just like that. So I just brushed a lot of that stuff off with being like, I just assume that all of that surrounding stuff, like you said, like Facebook photos or Flash's book, I just assume that all that stuff went away, just like the newspaper reports and all that would have went away too. Could be. Or it could just be like, uh, I remember, but I don't remember actually remember. Anyway, I was only able to come up with five members of the Sinister Six. They'd have to get someone else. Apparently, Kingpin might be the dude to finance them, as he does in the comics. So... Uh, but yeah, five, I mean, that's, uh, they could bring someone else in. I don't know. I'm trying to think who else, uh, if they haven't used, uh, gosh, I don't well, know. The old Spider-Man. But, uh, that's five. I mean, it's five of people that we know that it could be, so that well, would I forget, be. I forget, did Carnage die in Let There Be Carnage? Yeah, I can't remember. Okay. I mean, they can always say it's part of a suit survived, so. I mean, they could introduce, you know, like Alistair Smythe, who, you know, they, they'll they probably have to introduce someone, but those five people would be my, you know, my prediction for the Sinister Six, which would lead to the next Spider-Man movie whenever, however long down the line that might be. But uh, probably sooner than later, based on what this movie's going to make, so. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah. Well, Spider-Man's always a hard one too because like the char- it's not like a lot of your other like Superman, Batman sort of characters. Like Spider-Man is supposed to be this young kid, so it's like I feel like your time frame on making Spider-Man movies is, is more limited than a lot of other superhero movies. No, you're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, it was. I mean, that would be a Spider-Man. I will say, I, I saw a meme about this where it's like a kid's watching. Um, you know, the first few Spider-Man movies, and then he's like, and then me as an adult watching this movie. And it's like, I can't relate to that because I was in high school when the first Spider-Man movie came out. Like, yeah. uh, junior, so not a kid. Yeah. I, say, but, I think I was early high school, yeah, maybe maybe junior high, but not a very little kid for sure when the first Tobey Maguire one came out. Yeah, but I will say I was a kid when the animated Spider-Man show uh, had the series finale when they had all the Spider-Men, uh, which is a, a really great finale, actually, but they had all the Spider-Man. There was one evil Spider-Man. It was Peter Parker with the Carnage suit, and he was going to basically blow up every dimension. And all the Spider-Men from all the other universes helped him. And the one that actually, uh, when they caught the Spider, the Carnage Spider-Man, it was in the dimension of the rich Peter Parker, and the way they got him to, like, stand down was in that dimension. Everything good happens to Peter Parker, including Uncle Ben still being alive because he's, <laughs> like, he's rich. He's ma- he's engaged to Gwen Stacy, and Uncle Ben's still alive, and he's got, like, a giant armored Spider-Man suit and everything. And then it ends kind of weirdly where there's always one Spider-Man there who's like, I don't have any powers. And then he's like, oh, in my universe, you're just a comic book character. And they take him to meet Stan Lee, which was very bizarre. But uh... Yeah, was this this one of the first Marvel movies that had no Stan Lee in it? I mean, maybe if you look hard enough, there's an Easter egg somewhere, but I didn't see any sort of Stan Lee in this one. I know he's dead, but I feel like they've been finding ways to still incorporate him in the movies. I think Endgame was his final movie. But yeah. part of me did think this would be an end credit scene where Spider-Man would go to a dimension where he's just a comic book character and meet Stan Lee, much like in the cartoon. But then you'd have to do the whole CGI dead person thing, which is always weird. But yeah, 
I'm waiting for Fast and Furious to do it when they got very close to doing it in their last movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, Spider-Man. Definitely great. Go see it. I'm sure you already oh. have if you're listening to this. I want to throw one more thing out there, too. And like I said, we're going to get into a lot of movies, I'm sure, on our year-end show. But uh, I, I double-featured this with Nightmare Alley. I highly recommend that, too. Very different type of movie. But very good, and if you like Twilight Zone at all, Nightmare Alley is very like classic Twilight Zone ish. I might have to to check that one out. I oh I did see um oh what was it uh, King Richard really good movie did tear I up in that. I keep I started it and then I just like I don't know I just never got around to watching it. Oh I did start uh what looked like it was gonna be really really good and I just haven't finished it yet is uh the harder they fall. That was I was watching that and that felt like the most Tarantino movie that isn't Tarantino related that I've ever seen. I have not seen that, but that's, uh, the, that's the western on Netflix that's got I think like basically an all black cast. Um, okay, but it's like a western about two rival uh, gangs and it it seems really good. I think Jay Z maybe did the soundtrack. Um, but the writing on it is really good. Like it's not really a spoiler, but there's like a kill early on. And the guy offers to hand the body over to the priest in the church. And he goes, if you turn him in, he's worth 5000 And the priest goes, well, why won't you just turn him in? He goes, I'm worth ten. <laughs> just writing like that that I really enjoy. Um, and I'm looking forward to finishing that at some point. All right, I'll have to check that one out. Uh, Matrix coming out, still have to see that. Kingman, I got tickets for. And uh, American, was American Underdog, where the Titans they they won the Super Bowl, but Hollywood will probably retcon it to where they didn't. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I was trying to hit 100, but I'm 15 shy, so I'm at the point where if I can hit 90 by the end of the year, five more in the next week and a half, I'll, I'll feel pretty good about myself. Well, those are the only three that I have left that I know for sure I'll probably be seeing in the theater. I can't think of anything else. Um, yeah. I'll probably but, catch those. I'll probably catch those three and like two obscure ones that are playing at weird times that I've never even heard of. So I watch them. Yeah, unfortunately, I got to do Matrix on uh, HBO because the theater by me just didn't have any good times, and the family wanted to see a movie, but all the times were all weird, so it didn't work yeah. for us. I'm like, eh, let's just. I I love Matrix, but I'll I'll just watch it at home and it's fine, I guess. Because I've never seen the original trilogy. I watched the first one as a kid, but I feel like I was, like, playing around through Like, I watched it at home on, I think, DVD, and, like, I feel like didn't pay any actual attention to it. Oh, the first one's great. The other two are, meh, whatever. Uh, second one has its moments, I guess. Third one's just, I don't know, cash grab. But this one should be good, so looking forward to, uh, to all that. And then uh, we'll speak again probably... I don't know when I'll be able to watch all these other movies, but it'll probably be next year when we'll drop the uh, best and worst of movies for uh, 2021. Yeah, I'm hoping early on, but hopefully like that first week of January we'll have it out is my if, if I had my way, because I want to try to get it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I can say my worst of list is uh, very top-heavy, but uh, I'm struggling you know with a few of them. Because I didn't see okay. too many bad ones. It's going to be hard to have a worst of, but I think we're both going to have the same number one, most likely, is my guess. I think so. Which uh, You'll have to tune in if you want to know what that one is. All right. 
All right, I think that uh, just about does it. And, of course, have to leave with the iconic quote, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs>